All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Better late than never. Welcome. Let's go, baby. Fucking Anton Lander. I like, really like the back I'm a boy. Bag milk. This is Ceases. 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 Tyler, your rem check is so fucking sexy. Ceases. Fucking Anton Lander. It's Let's turn it down and get to work. I'm back from LA. I got stories. I've got takes. I've got opinions. The Oilers are up 3-2 in the series. Life is good right now, and I got a lot to talk about, so we're just going to dive right on into the mix, and we're going to get started with a shout-out to our friends at the audio department. Of course, they are the title sponsors of the podcast. If you want to record a podcast like this one, you should do it with the audio department. They work to create a safe space for creativity and collaboration for artists and musicians to realize their potential and share their message through sound and story. Maybe you want to record an album. Maybe you've got a song in your heart that's just dying to come out. I would love for you to share it, and the audio department would too. Go check them out at theaudiodepartment.ca. Book some studio time. Get yourself in there. Come on, be creative. You might think, Bag Milk, I've never recorded a podcast before. You know what? doesn't matter. Sometimes people just listen to it. Sometimes people find it. Sometimes they'll really like it. If you would have told me how many people would eventually and inevitably listen to this show when I started it, I wouldn't have believed you. I really, really wouldn't. So where to get started? Might as well look back at where I just got from, back from. I was in LA. I left on Friday, went to game three, went to game four, went to an Angels game, came back late, last, or I guess Monday, to Edmonton, flew back in via Vancouver, had a little quick little stop in Vancouver. Got some work done, wrote something up for my friends at AMA Travel. So I just want to talk about the trip just a little bit because it really was... I mean, it was it was amazing. The folks at AMA Travel hooked Tyler J and I up with the trip to LA. If you're wondering, Tyler and I did share a bed. Wasn't just tweeting that for fun. We were bedmates for the weekend. Tyler loved it. I loved it. I think it brought us closer together. That's not the point of the story. What I want to get to is just the trip itself. Because when we do these things, I think a lot of people just assume we do nothing but hang out and drink the whole time. I was counting it up. I wrote seven articles in total over those three-day span. I wrote some travel diaries for AMA. If you want to see how it went, 
check those out. I, uh, I, I like writing those because it's a different flavor of stuff that I normally get to do. I also wrote some hockey stuff. I wrote some Oilers stuff. It was a busy trip. It was a busy, busy trip. We did multiple shows. We did podcasts. We had articles go up. We had tons of social content going up. We were doing AMAs in the back of Ubers all over the place. So it was uh, it was a long, long trip. Like those three days, they flew past. They flew by in a hurry. It was kind of like a snap. But at the same point, it felt like we were gone forever. But it really wasn't. So on Friday, we flew in got to Los Angeles. We didn't have much time to do anything other than just drop our shit off at the hotel and get down to crypto.com arena for the start of the hockey game. We were excited. It was a weird feeling because if you travel and you land somewhere, you sometimes you just kind of want to relax, let alone get up and go and get firing. But we were ready to go. We were to get firing. So we got down to crypto.com, I guess, uh, LA live where the arena is. Soak up the scene a little bit, make our way into the arena, start piling in the 22. I'm gonna find a I'm gonna find a sound effect for this one that just accurately displays my displeasure. $22 US beers. <laughs> now, I looked at my credit card when I got home, and it was one of those things where it's like, oh, $22 tall can beers. Tall boys are $22 US, and then you do the conversion rate, which is not great right now, I should add. We were paying $30 for beers when we were down there, but it was one of those things where you just had to do it. So the game itself was a mixed bag. There were times when the Oilers looked good. There were times when the Oilers looked poor. There was a bunch of horrendous penalties that's been covered at length, that nauseam a bunch of times already. I'm not going to dive into it. But let me tell you, the weird thing about where we were sitting this time, because we were in LA last year, and we did kind of the similar type of work trip last year where we went down to LA to cover a couple of games. But this time was a little bit different because last last year the tickets were significantly cheaper. And we sat in the lower bowl last time, which, as you know, it's the fancy people sit down in the lower bowl. So we were pretty aggressive, you know. We were cheering loud. We were being kind of assholes. Not assholes in a mean way. We were just being, like, rowdy. Because if you remember, game three last year, the Oilers won 8-2. By the time that game was over, it was pretty much an empty building apart from the Oilers fans that were in there. So this year, it was not that. We were sitting up up the very top, like probably top four rows. It really didn't matter. I'm not complaining about the tickets. What I am, am saying, though, is the people around you when you're sitting lower bowl in L.A. versus upper bowl in L.A. are very, very different. Very different. So if you remember, Connor scored the two goals, the two power play goals, and I thought that that was going to be the start of a hat trick. If you know anything about me, I love throwing my hat. And if I get a chance to throw a hat in an opposing building, there is nothing that makes me happier than that. It is one of my greatest joys because it is just so ridiculous to throw your hat in an opposing building. However, and again, I told this story on Oilers Nation Radio. I take full blame for the loss in Game 3 because I leaned over to Tyler and Jay and I said, I don't know if I can throw my hat up here. And Jay goes, I, I don't think you should. I, I don't think you should. And I was like, I can't. Like, you know me. I love to fucking throw my hat. Like, I want to, but I don't think I should. And then both the boys agreed, like, no, you should not throw your hat because the reason I say that is it was hostile up there. And I'm not and I'm going to get into LA Kings fans a little bit more later in the righteous sack beating. But what I'm saying is we would just be celebrating goals as any fan would in any building anywhere. It doesn't matter if you're an Oilers fan or a Kings fan. When your team scores, you stand up and you cheer. So the Oilers score those two quick ones on the power play and we stand up and we're cheering. We're fist pumping. We're high fiving. Everybody around us was just like, fuck you. Fuck you. Sit down. I hate you. And I was like, oh, my God, I don't know what's going on. I, ah, this hostile up here because if you're in Edmonton, you're used to going to the games and there are no Kings fans. Kings fans don't travel anywhere. In fact, the Kings are probably their fifth favorite team of any sports team in Los Angeles. So it was a different vibe entirely. Add in the fact that the Oilers lost in overtime and all of a sudden you've got a makings of a bad Friday night. You're up there in enemy behind enemy lines with hostile neighbors and they are going to be yelling at you the entire time that you're up there. I have taken walks out of different arenas before wearing Oilers jerseys, and I've been shat on multiple times. Like, oh, boo, Edmonton sucks. All the usual stuff, all the stuff that you handle, all the stuff that's not a big deal. 
But in LA, it just felt a little bit more, a little bit more because there was just like people yelling at us from all angles. Not everybody. And again, I'm going to get to that a little bit later. Fast forward to the Saturday. We decided that we needed to rest and recovery day. The Oilers lost in overtime. We had a late night coming back. We were sad. We ate too much. Got a bunch of Dave's hot chicken. Jay was obsessed with the Dave's hot chicken. So we got a bunch of that as we were down there. And then on Saturday, we decided it was a rest and relaxation day. I woke up super early to knock up my travel diaries for AMA travel, did a little work, scheduled some posts, answered some emails, doing my thing. So by about noon, one o'clock Pacific time, we were ready to go and get after it that day. We go downstairs, grab some lunch, played a little par nine or a par three. Par nine. Par three. I wish it was par nine, to be honest. I'm a terrible golfer. Golfer and Jay and Tyler are actually pretty good. So we went down there. We're doing a par three and it was fun. It was a very, very hot day. I got roasted. I am sunburned. I look like a tomato in all the farmer type places. Good day. From there, we went to Manhattan Beach, hung out, had a little lunch, sat in the sun, watched the waves roll in. Tyler saw some dolphins. Arguably, it was one of the greatest moments of Tyler's life, he said. He said he thought he was going to shit himself, which I thought was very funny. That was our Saturday. That was the kind of day we had. We ended up going to the Angels game, too. It was great. In fact, I uh, we bet a bunch of money on Otani to hit a dinger. He did not hit a dinger, but Mike Trout hit a bomb of a home run that I was super pumped on seeing because I had never seen a jack by a dude that good before, and he just absolutely smashed it. Like when we went to Toronto for the nation vacation last August, Vladdy didn't hit any dingers. And it was, I was a bummer because obviously I wanted to see him. He's one of the best players in the league or one of the best hitters in the league. And I wanted to see it. Mike Trout, same thing, smashed it. We actually saw a bunch of homers that night and the closer for the angels gave up a two run lead in the night in the top of the ninth inning, which made for a really interesting environment because that place was actually pretty full. Fast forward to Sunday, which is now the morning of game four. We wake up. We start recording Oilers Nation every day on the balcony in our hotel room, which, by the way, the Midrift Hotel in Manhattan Beach. If you are going to Los Angeles, I am telling you, you need to go to this hotel. It had something kind of for something for everybody. Like I said, it had the par three course. We took advantage of that. The boys, listen, you guys know me. I've talked about it on this podcast. I've got a shitty back. So I golf one round. Kind of tweaked it, but it was okay. Wasn't feeling great, but I'm just like, you know what? I'm not going to risk it. I'm going to come out and walk it with the course. So the boys actually did another couple of rounds, and I just kind of hung out, drank, played music. I was doing the caddy stuff. That was my job. And I was happy to do it. Just hanging out in the sun, seeing it was beautiful, whatever. So Sunday, game day, I don't know that I've ever been a part of Oilers Nation every day where we were that nervous yet excited at the same time. The mood was, let's get this done. Let's get going. Let's make something happen. But... The reality was coming back to Edmonton down 3-1 in the series was something that just simply could not happen. Could not happen. The Oilers had to figure out a way to get through it. They had to even the series up. had to come back to Edmonton tied. So when it dropped 3-zip after one period, it was a weird scene in Crypto.com Arena. First of all, I was in my feelings. I was just, I was just sad. I was bummed. It was the kind of start that the Oilers simply could not have. And to have them go that way in a game that was so important, it was just such a bummer. So at one point, I was actually standing there in the line to grab one of the $30 Canadian beers. And a guy tapped me on the shoulder and he goes, listen, he was an older guy. I'll say probably, I don't know, probably like a 50 year old guy. He says, listen. I actually feel bad for you Oilers fans because the expectations on you guys are so high. Everybody knows you're a very good team. You've got the two best players in the league. And, and of course, I'm paraphrasing here. And it's just unfortunate that you guys are in this situation. So I'm sorry to say that. And listen, I just spend a minute talking about getting yelled at. Having it go that way where they're not chirping you, they just feel bad for you, felt so much worse. And it was weird. It was weird. Obviously, we all know what happened afterward. And what was most interesting about the comeback and the OT win was that the energy in the building got very, very tense. Evan Bouchard got the power play goal early. Then there was a couple of quick ones. All of a sudden, we got a tie game. It went from being a very, very loud, not as loud as Edmonton, by the way, a very loud environment. Will Farrell banging on the glass. We all saw the photos and the videos of him. It went from that to very quiet, very quiet. And then 
going into the third period, the Kings were actually playing really well. They outshot the Oilers something crazy like 15 to 1 over the first handful of minutes. Jack Campbell played well. First of all, he looked like he was plate spinning on the first handful of saves. I don't blame the guy. He hadn't played in whatever it was, two weeks or something like that. When Hyman scored the OT winner, I don't know that I've ever... Have you ever played Street Fighter 2? If you're listening to this right now, are you old enough to remember Street Fighter 2 with the Tiger uppercut? I feel like that's what I did in the stands. But like, I leapt three feet in the air. I feel like I did anyway. And then there's Tyler and Jay, and we just grabbed each other. It was like a big bear hug. It was the kind of finish to a game that I just... Based on the way it started, there's no way I saw that coming. And again, kudos to Jay. He live bet the comeback when they were down three. Shout out to our friends at Betway. So he got a really nice payout, and that win felt extra good for Jay. So it was such an important win. It was such an important evening. After that happens, we're walking out of the arena, and all of the Oilers fans kind of congregated. Then we met up at the JW lobby bar, and it was packed with Oilers fans. Packed. So if you can picture it in your mind, you've got Crypto.com Arena kind of like the center of this LA Live. Across the plaza is where the JW Marriott Hotel is. And when we walked in there, had a couple of cocktails, meet some Oilers fans. The mood was so drastically different than what it was two days before. In that same lobby bar, it was I mean, I'm not smart enough. I don't have the vocabulary required to accurately describe how different it was. It was just, we went from being so down after 20 minutes to complete elation. It was an emotional roller coaster that, for me, I wrote about it in the Travel Diaries. Again, go check those out. I have never seen with my own eyeballs a comeback like that before, especially with the stakes that high. It just made for a really, really incredible, incredible wrap to our trip. Flying home, you go through LAX. If you've been there, you know it's the worst airport on earth. Get home, exhausted, ready to go. Tuesday, we start the normal week, and you just kind of look back and go, wow, what a blur. That first three days went by in a snap and yet it felt like we were there for so long so really where i just want to end off with this is i just want to say thank you to the folks at ama travel for making it happen thank you to all the cool people we met down there we met a lot of a nation of amazing nation citizens we met a lot of people that just wanted to talk hockey they want to talk about the nation they want to talk about the live shows they want to take pictures with tyler and jay they just wanted to hang out and you guys made the trip extremely special Because when you're watching games in someone else's city, in someone else's arena, and you find other Oilers fans in this case, it just feels like a completely different thing. And they made the trip so much more special thanks to the people we've got that we met down there. Amazing nation citizens were down there. And as for the LA fans, big noise was made on social media yesterday, which was Tuesday here in the city. And we're going to get to that in the righteous sack beating. But for now, we're just going to end it off with Oilers fans. You were the greatest people met the most friendliest people from all over, not just from Edmonton, Oilers fans from all over. And you guys made the trip. Thanks to AMA travel for sending us there. And thanks to all of you for just making it special. Let's get to the news. The news brought to you by SYC Bruin. Looking for beers? Looking for ciders? Looking for merch? I recommend checking out SYCBrewing.com. They have got some delicious flavors. I've got some new ones in my fridge upstairs that I'm looking forward to trying. I did go to game five last night. I'm going to talk about that right off the jump. So maybe not today. You know, sticking to some waters today. Nice little nap. Might order myself a soup when I'm done this. Anyway, you know, you understand it. You get it. It's playoffs, baby. Playoffs. Where do I start other than the two wins, the back-to-back wins? The Oilers were the first ones to pick up two straight wins in this series. By no means is the job done here. My favorite clip of all time when it comes to situations like this is, yes, we feel good about winning game four. Yes, Last night's Game 5 was spectacular. The Oilers won 6-3. We got some depth scoring I want to talk about. Awesome. Oilers fans today should be feeling good about the way the team played last night. Was it perfect? No. 
It wasn't. There were some defensive collapses that just were so frustrating. I think about the... Uh, What's that fucking guy's name? The Adrian Kempe goal. That was the second LA goal late in the first period. The defensive coverage on that one was terrible. And that's not how you win in the playoffs. And to be honest, if I can be honest with you guys, podcast confessions. I actually thought that that was going to be a turning point for LA. I was like, we better not see this shit again. I have been to, I've been very fortunate to be honest. I went to all five games so far in this series. I had seen two OT losses and it was because of mistakes like the one on the Kempe goal. So thankfully it didn't happen because we got the depth scoring, but I just, that was easily the Oilers' best game of the series so far. You got goal scoring at five on five. The power play was clicking. You had goals from people that you don't necessarily expect to get goals from, and it's fantastic. But getting back to my point, winning those two games is great. But as Kobe Bryant once said, Job's not finished. And to paraphrase, the reporter goes, Kobe, you're up 2 nothing in the finals. Why aren't you happy? And he just looks back at him and goes, job's not finished. Is the job finished? I don't think so. So when I think about last night's win, great to celebrate it today. Now it's time to look ahead at game six, which unfortunately is coming up on Saturday. So we've got quite a wait to get there. Like Tom Petty said, the wedding is the hardest part. I could have, I've could have toured with Tom Petty, I think. RIP. And you in that game, again, lucky enough to go. Wanya and I went together. It was great. And the things that stick out to me in that game was the depth scoring. You got the two goals from Bukestad. You got one from Kulak. Zach Hyman scored off his fucking face. I was sitting there watching it, and that goal happened right in front of me. Um, Zach Hyman, the face goal. And when that happened, first of all, I'm like, yay, goal. And then I'm waiting and I look at Zach Hyman. He's holding his face. I'm like, oh my God, did that hit him in the face? Because from my angle, I was up. I wasn't right in front of me. I was up there. And it looked like it hit him in the shoulder pad or something. Like that's where I thought. But then you see him holding his face. And all I could think about is, oh my God, did we just lose Zach Hyman with a broken jaw or something? Fortunately, Evan Bouchard kind of duffed it. It was not his hardest shot. Because if it was, we'd be having a completely different conversation today. A completely different one. However, we got super lucky in that Zach Hyman just, he got lucky, to be honest. He took a slap shot to the face and ended up scoring. And then he led the scoring line while holding his mouth. I have never seen that shit before. Hashtag hockey guy, am I right? Now, the thing I did like about it also... It gave everybody the opportunity to do a bunch of hockey versus soccer memes. I love those. I always do. I've always been a hockey guy. I can enjoy soccer. You know what I mean. The other thing from last night's game that you got to talk about is the depth scoring. Nick Bukestad. Woody shuffled the lines, and I was surprised to see it. The opening faceoff was Hyman, Nuge, Nick Bukestad. And I go, oh, okay, well, I guess we're playing Connor and Leon together to start the game. I'm good with that. You want to put out the nuclear deterrent? Have fun, L.A., But that line was interesting to me. That line ended up being way more effective than I expected. That line ended up producing. That line was getting shit done at five on five. If they can continue that on Saturday night and Connor and Leon can do Connor and Leon things, I'm feeling good. We also got a goal from Brett Kulak. Also, shout out to producer Aaron from uh, Oilers Nation After Dark. He bet on Kulak to score last night at like plus 950. Again, shout out to our friends at Betway. I, I like when he posted that on his social, I couldn't believe that he did it. But for Bukestad, all of a sudden he's turning into a very sneaky, quiet, awesome pickup for the Oilers. He is costing them next to nothing. He is doing it all that they're asking him. He is winning faceoffs. He is killing penalties. And now, as we saw last night, he's scoring a couple of big goals. Big, big goals. And that's the exact kind of play that we need to win this series. We need guys that you can't expect, always expect to score goals. I think about game two, Derek Ryan, he got the opener. Clean Costin, he got the winner. We got the goal from Zach Hyman. He hadn't scored. That was the OT one. He's going now. Evander Kane scored the tying goal in game three, or game four, I should say. He's going now because he got another one to open up the scoring last night. 
According to Elliot Freeman, by the way, on the 32 Thoughts podcast, he thinks that Evander Kane is battling two different injuries, one an upper body and one a lower body. If that's true, I have no idea. I tend to believe Elliot when he says this stuff on his podcast. What a warrior that guy is because he is coming up with clutch goals in a situation where he cannot be feeling good. If he's battling two things, come on. The thing I like about it is last night it was 6-3 and we had five different goal scorers. You love to see that. Yes, one of them was Leon. He is absolutely on fire. In five games, he's got 10.6 goals, four assists. Absolute warlord. I want to know, how how do you describe Leon Dreisaitl in the playoffs? We all know he's a superstar and it's not really close. And when I think of him, I go, he's one of the best players on the planet Hands down, no contest. Nobody is ever going to argue with you ever. Case closed. Let's move on. Next conversation. But in the playoffs, he's maintaining this two point per game pace that he started with last year. And I just, I didn't see it coming, even though I absolutely should have. I didn't see him repeating the same kind of heroics that we got from him last year. And then this year, he's actually a little bit healthy. So, what else can he do? Where else can he take it? And once Connor starts to get rolling, again, he's starting to pick it up too over the last couple of games. Watch out. If both of them start going, we are in for good times, Oilers fans. We are in for good, good times. Of course, like I said, job's not done. One guy who still does need to keep pick it up, though, is Ryan Nugent Hopkins. He did get a, an assist last night on Bukestad's second goal, but... Right now, he's got some of the worst luck ever. I'm pretty sure, and correct me if I'm wrong, hit me up on socials, JSBM Bag Milk on Twitter, Hyman Hibbs Bag Milk on Instagram. I'm pretty sure Nuge has a post per game pace going. He hit two last night. He had some very good looks where if this was, I don't know, March, February of this current season, he would have drained those, but yet now they're clipping the post and he's not even getting the friendly bounce inward. It's going outward. Nuge is getting chances he's getting shots and I'd be more worried about him if he wasn't getting chances but we need these to start going in I'm expecting game six that he shows himself on the scoreboard I actually bet on him last night that was one of the only things that I lost he's going to get his goals he's getting the chances we just need a little bit of luck I don't know if he needs to score a greasy one don't hit him in the face Evan Bouchard you keep those shots down you already got away with it once with Zach Hyman we don't need you hitting Nuge on his gorgeous face but maybe he does need a lucky one. Lastly, to wrap up the news for SYC Brewing, the Oilers have recalled Marcus Niemelainen, Cam Deneen, and Brad Malone today to join the Black Aces. They recalled Calvin Pickard the other day. It's interesting that they're doing this in like phases, I suppose. It is a, it's an in, it's a interesting move. I don't know why. I don't know what was going on in Bakersfield, but there you have it. And that's how we're going to wrap up the news. The news brought to you by VSYC Brew. Mamo. I was doing that a lot. Listen to Quavo. Amigos fans. Anyway. In the words of the Pet Shop Boys, I've got the brains. You have the looks. Listen to Better Late Than Never. For the fine folks at Betway, Provided that you were of legal gambling age, 19 plus in Ontario, uh, 19 plus, please bet responsibly. The fine folks at Betway, I've been having a little bit of fun right now betting on the Oilers. Last night, I did very, very well for myself. Outside of the Ryan Nugent Hopkins goal, and I actually thought of my other one that I didn't hit last night, but I had hit it, what, three games in a row? Evan Bouchard over two and a half shots has been free money lately. He did not hit it last night. Another thing that I hit last night that I'm super, whoops, wrong button, super pumped on is Oilers puck line. I was sitting there in my seat and you could feel the electricity in the building and you could feel people getting excited and you could feel everybody ramping up for what was about to happen. And I just had a, I had a feeling. So I jumped onto Betway. I looked at what the puck line numbers were. Boom, hit it. Another thing that's been working for me the last couple of games, Oilers to win over five and a half goals. Boom, hit it. I'd love to know what you're putting down. Like I said earlier in the podcast, I wish 
I would have joined Jay to bet the live bet, the comeback on Sunday night. I chickened out. Me and Tyler both did. I wish I didn't, but I did. Now, I'd love to know what you guys are doing. Leon Drysaddle to score. Those odds are dropping by the day, so don't tell your friends, but definitely go ahead and sneak a couple of shekels on there while they're still juicy, you know? Frank, what are you dropping? Oh, Frank's bringing his toys in here and dropping them. Get on Frank, Mike, man. Hey, what do you think I set that thing up for you? He never goes near it. I bet if I left this room and just left his microphone on, he would probably go check it out, but for some reason when I'm in here, he doesn't ever want to play with it, you know? Anyway, if you are of legal betting age, there's Frank's toy. Please use our friends at Betway. Bet responsibly. Make sure you stick within your limits. That's what it's all about. Have a little bit of fun. Have a little bit of fun. I can't wait for Saturday. I'm going to unload the clip. I've got a feeling. The Oilers, they won game six last year in LA. Different situation, mind you. They were down 3-2 going into game six. This year, they're up 3-2 going into game six. And I've got a good feeling that this is going to be the time where they close it out. I'm not one of those people that go, oh, they need to close it out at home in game seven. No, that's dumb. Do it on the road. Make LA fans go home unhappy. Can't wait for that to happen. I am super excited. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You're listening to Better Late Than Never with Back Milk. What you need to do is like, subscribe, tell a friend, endorse yourself. Yes. You want to see a man, boy? I'll show you a man. Kick me in the jimmy. For Trilogy Oilfield Rentals, it is time for the righteous sack beating. Of course, Trilogy Oilfield Rentals are an established provider of tools and expertise across multiple oil field disciplines specializing in rentals, pipe recovery, abandonments, and completions. Currently, they maintain full-time operating units in Provost, Weyburn, and Kindersley. What kind of tools? I'm happy to tell you. Rental, fishing, coil, drilling, whatever you need. Completion tools. I think it's time for me to start learning about some of these again. My favorite one was learning about fishing tools. I thought that that sounded like a good thing. And then somebody DM me. I wish I could give you some credit for teaching me a little something. They're like, nah, man, if you need fishing tools, something got fucked up somewhere. So trilogyrentals.ca, get yourself some more information on what is coming. The righteous sack beating this week is, again, I'm going back to Los Angeles. The fans in LA are, and again, this is a small chunk of them. That's the most important thing to say. But there is a minority of their fans that is just very vocal, and they're very aggressive, and it feels very unnecessary. I've been lucky enough to go watch games in a few different barns at this point, And I've never experienced anything quite like what happened in L.A. 
one as here's a story just for me personally. This is even over and above what was going on yesterday. I was standing in line to just grab one of those $30 beers. This was a different one than the story I told before. I'm standing there waiting for my beer. I'm in my phone because I'm by myself. Tyler and Jay are already at the seats. They're just waiting. So I'm just waiting to grab a beer. I'm going to go back and join them. Franco, get out of here. <laughs> I'm waiting to go back to my seat and join Tyler and Jay, but I do want to grab another another beer first. So I'm standing there. I'm in my phone. I'm cruising Twitter, doing whatever you do. And a guy comes right up to me. I'm talking about six, eight fit, uh, inches away from my face and just goes, I'm going to put on the megaphone because this is what it sounded like to me. It scared the shit out of me. He goes, fuck you, Oilers suck, get the fuck back to Canada. Something like that. I'm paraphrasing. But it was just weird. Again, I've been to a plenty of opposing barns where you chirp the fans and you go back and forth and you have a good time doing it, provided that you're under the understanding this is sports. But there was a lot of just personal jabs there. And then we find out yesterday about what happened to Cecily Eklund down in L.A. for the game where she was allegedly spat on. And I'm not going to get into the whole post that Evander Kane was sharing, and I'm not going to get into the responses that he also shared for people DMing him. But what I would say is I don't understand where the sports disappears and just it gets personal. I don't get it. It's like last year in the playoffs when the Oilers played Calgary. Of course we had fun chirping back and forth. After game one, you remember the Oilers lost that one pretty badly. Flames fans, they were lighting us up. Deservedly so. After the Oilers turned the tide, they did the gentleman sweep. We turned it on them. We were taking shots at them. But it was all kind of team-based and city-based and just normal stuff. This one was just, it was weird. Like I said, if you're standing there waiting in line to grab a beer and you're in your phone and someone screams in your face, it is a weird thing to experience. I was, I was, I'm not embarrassed to admit I was kind of jarred by it. I was a little bit rattled. I'm kind of like, what? And it happened a couple of times. Where's the line when it comes to sports? There has to be one. Because if you're going into it so angry at people that you don't know just because they wear different clothes than you, it's odd. When people were yelling at us, sit the fuck down, when we're celebrating our goals that the Oilers scored, like, why? Just because you're wearing an Oilers jersey in an opposing barn, you shouldn't feel like you're some kind of, like, you could be attacked. And I thought that was really unnecessary. And, again, I also met a bunch of great Kings fans Some even apologize for the behavior of others, by the way. I want to put that out there because I met some great ones. In fact, for game four, I was sitting next to two kids. I'm going to say they were probably 20 years old, maybe. And we had a great time. They were chirping me when I sat down. Others would score. I was chirping them. We were talking about all kinds of stuff. I was asking them questions about Crypto.com Arena. I'm like, what's it like? Like, what's the difference between going to a Kings game and then how they flip it? Like, what's the layout for a Lakers game? I was asking them all the questions that I didn't know, and they were super pumped to just engage in that way. And that's what it's that's what's fun about going to these events in other cities is meeting people and having these conversations. But then it turns so dark at times. And I don't get it. And we need to make sure we're better than that. No matter how many Kings fans are in our building or Calgary fans or Leafs fans or Vegas fans, there's got to be a line because making someone's night incredibly uncomfortable just because they're wearing different clothes than you is so weird to me and so unnecessary. And maybe there's something I'm missing and maybe I'm going to get corrected when this goes out, but My righteous sack beating of the week is just the handful of Kings fans that took things way too far. And it was kind of, not kind of, it was super gross. And then you hear what happened to Cecily Eklund down there and you just, you don't understand it at all. How could you spit on a child because she is wearing a Evander Kane jersey and you don't like him? What universe are you from? What planet is that acceptable? I don't care if you are a Kings fan. If you're a child, you could show up to Roger's place in a Kings jersey that says Edmonton sucks. 
And you know what? I would just kind of go, that's a weird jersey for a kid to wear, but whatever. You don't like a guy that plays on the team, so you allegedly spit on the girl? That's outrageous. There's a lot of people that need to be better. And now where I want to end off the righteous sack beating, I don't want to get it so weird and dark. I wanted to give a shout out to all the Kings fans that saw this story about Cecily Eklund and they did something about it. They found out the donation link to the Ben Stelter Fund and they started making donations en masse. So there's a bunch of really, really great Kings fans out there. But to the small portion of them that were trying to ruin everybody's night just because they happen to enjoy the Oilers in your building... You need to sort your fucking life out. You want to see a man, boy? I'll show you a man. Kick me in the jimmy. Hello, you. Oh, wow. Your ears look fantastic. You're listening to Better Late Than Never by Bagged Milk. Yes. You're sexy as well. Oh, yes. It is time for the voicemail for South Island Pies. It is time for the voicemail. I've got a handful of them that you've been thinking over the last week. We're going to see what's on your mind. But i got to tell you about South Island Pie. SouthIslandPie.ca, that's where you need to go. And then I need you to click on the Meet the Pies tab. Meet the Pies tab. There you are going to find all of the things that belong in your mouth, including the butter chicken pie, the shepherdless pie, the great Scott, the Scarfy, the plain old faithful, the old faithful, the Arvo, the Shook, the Kumara, the Wilkie, the Greek, and the new smoked salmon pie that, Jamie, if you're listening to this, I haven't picked them up yet. I don't know where they are at the office. I need somebody to give me this smoked salmon pie immediately. I want it in my face. Again, go check out southislandpie.ca. Read the story. Jamie's story is really cool. Came over from New Zealand, felt homesick, started a pie company that reminded him of home. They're delicious. They are delicious. And that is where you need to be. First voicemail coming at you. <coughs> Hello. You're listening to Better Late Than Never with Bagged Milk. This one sounds awful. I, I'm so, I want to listen to it, but I can't. I, 90 seconds of that. Something's wrong with your audio, pal. You know I love the voicemails. You know I do. I uh, wish I could play that one. Liz? What's up, bitches? <laughs> it's Queen Lizzie talking to you from the other side. Oh, the queen. I haven't heard from you in so long. How are things on the other side, I wonder? Are you enjoying the Oilers versus King series? Queen Elizabeth checking in for the first time in a while. I hate kings so much that I am willing to come back to earth and shove my royal crown so far up Drew Dottie's ass that he shits <laughs> rubies for a month if he so much as looks at Connor the wrong way. <laughs> Go Oilers and bag milk. Please tell Satan I said hey. What's going on, Liz? been a while since I've been welcome back on this podcast. This guy thinks he's big time me all of a sudden. We used to have a cool little relationship going. Me and Bagmelk, I'd pop in every now and then, tell you about some spells on cast and all kinds of shit. I'm stealing souls left, right, and center, hanging out with Liz, playing a little backgammon. We're having a good time. And then, what does he do? He just goes a couple of weeks on the podcast without even including me, and I think it's bullshit. Sorry about that, Satan. Maybe later. Chris? Game two, what a night. My buddy scored tickets and took me to the game. I haven't been to a playoff game since I was a kid in the 90s. It was. I actually got last-minute tickets to game two as well. Uh, Shout-out to Trilogy Oilfield Rentals, by the way, for hooking me up with those. Um, yeah, it was a great night. Looking forward to hearing the rest of this, Chris. Incredible. But I just wanted to share a little story of what happened down at the Moss Pit. My buddy and Please. I were just down there before the game, just checking things out. Yeah, and got this weird, not weird is unfair. This guy was going through the crowd. We had a backpack on and he asked us if we wanted to win some merch. And I was like, all right, what, what do I have to do? He said, I got trivia. I was like, oh, great. And first off, this guy, he wasn't wearing a lanyard. He, when, I, when he started asking me the trivia stuff, he wasn't recording it on his phone or anything. He said he worked for a radio station, but I, like, I'm just unsure about what... <laughs> his anyways so 
the first question was a spelling question. He wanted me to spell Bugstad, which that did not go great. Spelling is B J U G S T A D Bugstad. <laughs> Made me feel like a real dumb dumb. Anyways, he had a makeup question that uh, that I really liked. My buddy did not know the know the answer. It was what. Edmonton Oilers captain's nickname was Gator. Which- oh, come on. Now, actually, you know what? I'm not going to be judgmental here. If you don't know which Edmonton Oilers captain was named Gator, there's a couple things. Either you're a new fan, or two, you're an old fan and you're a bad fan. Or actually, no, I take that back. You're an old fan and you got a shitty memory. That's the only explanation to me. Jason Smith, and I scored myself a Ryan Nugent Hopkins t-shirt from knowing that response. Hell yeah. And that was just the icing on top of a beautiful Oily Boys win. Thanks. Thank you. Chris is excited about game two. Probably wasn't feeling so good a couple days later for game three. Here's the next voicemail from Anonymous. This is a party broadcast by the Donkey Party. (laughs) Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Listeners of Better Late Than Never, mm-hmm. I would like to dispel the myth that there is a power struggle within this podcast. <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> you loathe. You love it. Your ears endorse it. I, um, there's no power struggle. This is just pure expression on this podcast, and I love everything that goes on in the voicemail. I love that it's now carrying on over into social media on Twitter. I love everything about it. So Donkey Volley, where I disagree with you, is there's no power struggle, my friend. Well, maybe among you and Dukes. Maybe. But for me, I couldn't be happier. We shall dispel any myth of an uprising. From anyone from <laughs> an Antipodean situation. <laughs> and, oh. Yeah. Oh. Let's go, Oilers. Amen. Love Donkey Volley. Love the messages. Love that your battery's always died. <laughs> Working through the South Island Pie voicemails. Another anonymous. Donkey Volley, is this you again? I am so fucking sick of... Now, <laughs> we are changing tones here. One second, I'm going to back up. I'm going to be ready for this because I was expecting something completely different. <laughs> I am so fucking sick of the referees. Oh, yeah. Like, honestly, if they want to call the calls, then call it tight. Call everything. Call holding, call interference, call everything. Call it for both teams. If they want to call nothing, call it for both teams. But don't go out and call everything on the Oilers and nothing on the Kings. It's fucking bullshit. And I'm so sick of it. I am so sick of it. Now, the Oilers are out here taking stupid penalties. Mm-hmm. Doesn't change the fact that a lot of the calls are crap. Yeah. They, like, the Oilers are shooting themselves in the foot a little bit, but the refs, fuck, they ain't helping. And I... I don't know what the Kings paid him, but fuck. Here's the thing that bothers me about the refs is last night, game five, I'm thinking specifically about the Kevin Fiala dive. Can you picture it in your head? Chances are you probably can because he's probably going to be on an Olympic team soon. He went all into the deep end. I would give him a gold medal for it, frankly, but you're right. It's atrocious to be watching games that are so oddly refereed. Now, last night in game five, I will say Oilers maintained their discipline really, really well. The Kings were trying to antagonize. Oilers were having none of it. That's how you have to beat this team because they can't beat you with skill. They just don't have as much. And for the refs, they kind of go, well, I saw that Kings player. He fell down and I think he kind of hurt himself. In game three, Victor Arvidsson had one of the big gold twisty twists and then he laid on the so there's surely something that Darnell Nurse did there. It was definitely not Victor Arvidsson acting like an asshole. He wouldn't dive like that and twist and shout and twist and shout and go, Oh, I'm so hurt. And then he comes back and plays on the power play that we just gave them. <laughs> That's basically how the ref's gone so far in this series. You're listening 
to Better Late Than Never, the podcast equivalent of hooking your nipples to a car battery. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Is that true? (laughs) I don't know if I feel like that's accurate. Another anonymous message. This could be anywhere. Oh, yeah, mate. This is Dukes from Australia. Um, <laughs> I'm going to send you a fucking bubba. All right, mate? Um, you're listening to Better Late Than Never by Big Milk. Uh, podcast about cheese and cherries. Oh, yeah, mate. Little galah. <laughs> Etc. Ah. <laughs> uh. I can't imagine Dukes is going to like that one. Dukes, when you hear that, that was, uh, I didn't see that one coming either. This just, on my soundboard, it just says anonymous. It just says anonymous. 22 seconds, so I played it. Lest anyone believe that was actually Dukes, I don't think it was. (laughs) All right, the beef to my chat is next up on the South Island Pie voicemail. Hey, what up, motherfucker? The beautiful coincidence of going from Donkey Volley making fun of Dukes into an actual Dukes voicemail makes me very happy. The timing of it, the coincidence of it, it's art, man. We're making art here. That's what we do on this podcast. I can't wait to see where this goes. Um, Just had a quick one. I'm mm-hmm. sitting here waiting, you know, it's a couple of hours before game four. Hopefully it fucking goes well. I don't know. Um, I think I've solved the cat food problem. Oh, okay. I'm glad you're bringing this up because today I tried to pivot. Tyler said he's eating cat food tomorrow on Oilers Nation every day. I tried to pivot because he's kicked this so far down the road already. I said, Tyler, why don't we raise some money for charity and we make like a bigger spectacle out of it? He just wants to eat a spoonful of cat food. I think that's kind of lame. I think he should eat a whole can. But again, I'm the guy who ate 38 pounds of beets in a single season because the Oilers sucked ass. So that's just the way I roll. I ate a bunch of weird shit last year for the Edmonton Food Bank to raise some money. So that's kind of where my mind always goes. So I wanted to do that. And he goes, well, or no, sorry, I'm going to back up. I said, let's do something a little bit more elaborate, like a charcuterie board. We'll make a little spread with different kinds of cat food. It'll be funny. People will like it. It'll be great content. He goes, no, in the chat on YouTube for his show, people are going, bag milk, you can't elevate the bet like that unless you join in. So I said, all right, Tyler, let's kick this bet down the road a little bit. Let's raise some money for the Edmonton Food Bank or the Edmonton Humane Society or something like that. Let's do it together. I am in. If you are in to do this a little bit weirder and help me raise some money for charity, let's do it that way. And you know what Tyler said? No, I am not going to eat cat food. I am not going to eat cat food with you. I want one spoonful and that's all. Leave me alone about it. Something like that anyway. Dukes, back to you. Um, And getting Tyler to, to, you know, not fucking Welsh on his bet. I think we give him a deadline, and if he hasn't eaten the cat food by said deadline, you release the video of your little smooch from last year's playoffs. <laughs> why do I got to be punished? Why, why, why do I have to be punished? Listen, man, that kiss was a tender little moment between the two of us. Yeah, it's captured on video, but listen, that's not for you. Why am I being punished? That's not fair. Um, you know, you you might be above blackmail and and things like that, but fuck it. For the sake of this, I'm not. So, yeah, that's that's my proposition or my idea. I guess it's not up to me, but yes. Anyway, play the bomber, baby. Let's fucking go, Oilers. Let me tell you about that kiss between Bag Milk and Tyler. There was something really romantic about it. Those two, I could see it in their eyes. They were staring at each other longingly. It was right after a smash burger, too, so their breath smelled like shit. But oddly, they just get really fired up by that kind of thing. So then Bag Milk, he reached in, grabbed Tyler by the back of the head, and just get planted one. He goes, mm-hmm. 
And then Tyler leans back and goes, Mamma mia, that was delectable, Bag Monk. Where did you learn how to kiss like that? I'd love to learn how to kiss like that. Kiss me again, Bag Milk. Kiss me again. Something like that, anyway. Zane's right. Ben? Soup. Yep. Hey, Bag Milk. I'm What's up, man? Sorry, I haven't. Um, I said in a few days, I guess. Or I should say, I think two podcasts now. All good. Um, no problem. I didn't forget. I just, well, I kind of forgot. Like, <laughs> like I was going to do it, but then I somehow procrastinated my way out. I just have a lot of stuff. Like leaving voicemails and stuff and listening to this podcast. So, yeah, as you heard at the start, later he was great. The season. He was great in um, relief. When Unreal. it was three nothing, I was so sad. I was like, "Other season is over." That's saying it. I was putting it nicely. Um, but yeah, uh, good job. He might not have on soup. He might not have been the best goalie by any means. He was not better than Skinner in the um. The regular, regular season. season, but he came through in this game and he stole the game from the LA Kings. He did, and he's the reason we're still in this playoff series. Yep. See a bag milk. Hope you have a great day. Peace. Hope you have a great day. Jack Campbell's great in relief in Game Four. He came in. I was nervous about it. He hadn't played in like two weeks or something like that, but he was rock solid. If he can build upon that heading into even next year, knowing that the last three games that he was playing, he allowed only two goals in those three games or appearances. You, you take that every time. Ari? Okay, I'm recording this 4.30 p.m. just before game five on Tuesday. Mm. Um, I know that we've been talking about the lack of production from the top six, specifically McDavid, Ooh. Hyman, and Kane, and Nuge. Specifically with Hyman and and Nuge, what if this just isn't the series for them? In- it's funny now, because obviously hindsight's twenty twenty. but Zach Hyman scored a goal, again, off his face. He scored the OT winner in Game 4. He's picking it up. Evander Kane's picking it up. Now we just need Nuge to follow suit. And again, like I said a little bit earlier, I'd be way more worried about him if he wasn't getting any chances. Back to you, Ari. Particularly because they just can't get to the, the right spots where they usually finish off their chances. Uh, and specifically the slot and the front of the net. It's because the Kings are getting in their damn way all the entire time. Yep. And they just, they're not getting the time nor the space to get a good shot on net or get a rebound from the front of the net and bang it home. The Kings seem to always get in their damn way whenever I see them at even strength. And the power play is fine. So, so there's nothing wrong with them, particularly. When it, when it comes to the, how they're how they're playing, it's just they're not getting to their they're not getting their usual usual room on the ice. Yeah, I think there's part of that too. And again, you have to kind of sometimes give the Kings credit for the way they're locking things down defensively. Those guys have started to produce a little bit. And again, Nuge hit two posts last night, so he beat Corpusalo clean twice. He just didn't get the luck having it go in the net. It's going to turn around for him, and we know it's going to come. It's just a matter of when does it going to come. We need it to go immediately, you know, as soon as possible, like yesterday if we could. Nick? So, Big Milk, I'm recording this at the intermission of Oilers-Kings Game 5. Oilers are up 3-2. And I just got to say, man, maybe this is just the Oilers fan of me, but I am so frustrated with Skinner. I am so frustrated with Skinner. He hasn't been bad, but motherfucker. This game is 3-2. The Oilers should be up 3 nothing at the first intermission. Maybe he comes in, maybe he shuts the door. God, I hope he shuts the door. But Skinner is just... <clears throat> he hasn't been bad. He hasn't been bad enough to put the cabal in. He hasn't been better than Corpus Allo. My dad says this to death, and I hate it when he does, but it's true. In hockey, the team with the second-best goalie is more often than not the second-best team. Corpus Allo, Skinner. Who's been the best goalie? It's Corpus Allo. Campbell, Corpus Allo. Who is the best goalie in Game 4? 
it was Campbell. And like, maybe this is just Nick Matt. This is my eyes deceiving me. When the Oilers get a grade A scoring chance, let's say they score half the time. They score half the time. Half the time, Corpus Allo makes a great save. When had Skinner stopped a single grade A scoring chance? Uh, there was a 2-0 breakaway. I think that was in game three. Game three? I don't remember. There's a couple, though. You're, you're misremembering, Nick. I remember. I can think of one. I can think of one. Then again, like, Matt, I hope this is wrong, but Skinner, the team is doing their part. You got to do your part. Make some saves, man. Let's go out. Yeah, I mean, Stu has to be better. There's no doubt about it. Like, that's without question. I think that uh, he can play better. He's shown he can play better, and we need him to play better. Ari? Well, uh, that was fun, wasn't it, Bag Milk? (laughs) (laughs) My prediction was wrong, but you know what? It's all good. Uh, I love Kane getting on the board first. I I love that. That's that's some sweet, sweet revenge. Mm -hmm. The cojones on that man just to shoot that puck. So sick. The power play is like over 60%. Like, oh my God. Uh, yeah, though. <laughs> I'm happy. If they can keep it up, I was listening to the Jason Greger show today. The Oilers would have the best power play in any series ever if they can kind of keep this up. Now they can fall down and they can fall behind and this can go to waste and then this point doesn't matter anymore, but they're right there. Could do it, Ari. Uh, I think everyone's happy, right? Go in, game five, kick their teeth in, get a decisive win, right? Uh, game six coming up. Let's go. Let's go. Rusty, the reckless optimist, checking in. What's up, Bagged Milk? Um, Rusty, the reckless optimist here. I just needed to apologize to the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, after the first period of game four, I was no longer recklessly optimistic. In fact, I turned off the game and did not turn it back on until about halfway through the second period. I, yeah, I will do better in the future. And I apologize. That being said, Oilers in sixth, I think LA has been broken. I do not think Corpus can continue to save everything that comes his way. Um, I also think that McDavid, while he has been quote unquote shut down by the Oilers or by the Kings, um, he's going to have a huge game on Saturday to close the series out. And then the rest of the playoffs, is there any other team that can shut him down the way that LA has? I don't think so. Um, I am very, I am recklessly optimistic again. Chugging that Kool-Aid, uh, McDavid's going to go supernova the rest of the playoffs. Dreisaitl is going to be right there with him. I think it's going to be a toss-up between those two for who wins the Tom Smythe. Let's go, Oilers. There you go, Rusty the Reckless Optimist. You just needed to get a little dose of hardship, a little dose of adversity. But here's a lesson from old bag milk. Get down. Get upset. Be mad. But don't ever quit. Don't ever turn the game off because you can never know what's going to happen. I've seen plenty of Oilers games in my day where, well, to be fair, they've gone both ways. But like being down a goal or two late in the game has turned around and into a win. You never know until the final buzzer. Always keep it on, Rusty. I think you learned your lesson. Another one we're going to finish off for South Island Pies from Rusty the Reckless Optimist. I also, Rusty the Reckless Optimist again, I also just wanted to thank all of you guys that, Oilers Nation for doing what you do. Um, being an Oilers fan down here in Utah, like, you know, there's not a ton of Edmonton Oilers fans around where I live. Um, and it's just, it's very nice to have a community to interact with and, you know, talk about my favorite team with. So I appreciate everything that you guys do. You guys are awesome. Uh, keep up the great work. Well, here's the thing, Rusty. Just as important is having a community of like-minded people to talk to. We couldn't do what we do without fantastic nation citizens like you. Without all of you guys that support us and watch the live shows and leave voicemails on messages like this one, we can't do any of it. 
So we need each other as Oilers fans. And the thing that I love most about the community is no matter what happens, we're all in this together. And we have been since 2007, and we're going to do it for another 15 years after this. And we're going to need Rusty the Reckless Optimist, and we're going to need the Dukes and the, the Donkey Volleys and everybody else that contributes into making Oilers Nation special. So you say thank you, and I say thank you right back, Rusty. What do you think about that? What do you think about that? And I'll probably be listening to your guys' podcasts for as long as you do them, and I'll be hanging out in the YouTube chat for as long as this these shows keep on going so let's go oilers um yeah keep it up thank you for everything you guys do there you have it the voicemail for south island pies go check them out southislandpie.ca click the meet the pies tab get yourself something to eat if you want to order some pies do it Use the promo code NATION20 and get yourself a 20% discount on those pies. I promise they're going to change the way you think about a meat pie. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Another episode of Better Late Than Never is in the books. We are having a viewing party at Greta on Saturday. It is sold out. It is sold out. There's still going to be walk-in space available. So if you want to make your way down to Greta and hang out with us, just know that it's standing room only. Moving forward into the playoffs, God willing, of course, job's not done. GretaBar.com forward slash book. Get yourself a table. Make sure that you are locked in with us. And for the audio department, Trilogy Oilfield Rentals, Betway, and South Island Pie Company, this is a podcast for all of us. This is a podcast that's made for you. Better late than never. Thanks for being here this week. Let's talk next week. Why won't you kiss me? Why won't you kiss me?